0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Community is Our Middle Name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health. And Grampians Community Health here for you, your family, and our community. My name is Gareth Oliver. Great to be with you again for another show. And this week we are talking with Lauren Dempsey, who, aside from being a counsellor in the Northern Grampians Shire, is also now the Healthy Kids Advisor for the Stephanie Alexander Kitchen Garden Foundation. And Anyone out there listening who is a parent, like myself, knows how hard it can be to get your kids excited about eating the right foods, healthy, fresh, nutritious, exciting foods. It's a battle, and I know mealtimes here can be a battle. So Lauren is uh kindly agreed to come on and have a chat about ways that we might be able to get our kids to look at the healthier options and and also the way that uh, schools and sporting clubs can assist in that, and to help our kids make good choices as well when it comes time for a feed. So it's a really interesting discussion, and um, I think there's something that most parents can take out of this one. I, I know I certainly took a bit away from it, and it's uh, it's going to be going to be a good one for you to listen to. So I hope you enjoy it. This is the community is our middle name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grandparents Community Health, and we are here for you, your family and our community. Lauren Dempsey is joining me again this week, second time on the podcast for Lauren, but now, Lauren, you are in a different role than when we spoke last time. First of all, though, before we talk about your role, how's things?
1: Yeah, going really well. Thanks for having me again. The first time around feels like ages ago now. I think it was one of the first podcasts, so great to see that these podcasts are still going strong, but yeah, things are going pretty well for me, just keeping busy in life.
0: I think it probably was one of the first ones. It was around AUOK Day we spoke, which is September from memory.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And the podcast started in August. So, yes, it would have been one of the probably first four or five episodes.
1: There you go.
0: So, Lauren, a lot has changed since then. Tell us about what you're doing now uh, from a, a career perspective.
1: Yeah, well, I feel like a lot has changed, but a lot has still stayed the same at the same time, which is really good. So obviously, I was the health promotion coordinator at Grampian's Pirineas Primary Care Partnership, of which the primary care partnerships across the state have then transitioned over into the public health units. Um, and there's a lot of like local hospital mergers going on, which um, has changed things around a bit. My role now is at the Stephanie Alexander Kitchen Garden Foundation as a healthy kids advisor for the Northern Grampian Shire. So I've been in that role since about May now. There is 13 healthy kids advisors across the state, and that's been through state government funding for the councils that had the VLGP, which is the Victorian Local Government Partnership um, Initiative funding to work on Healthy eating in their municipal public health and wellbeing plans. So then um, the Stephanie Alexander Kitchen Garden Foundation got some boosted funding to provide extra support and capacity to those 13 local government areas, which is really exciting.
0: So, can you talk a bit about the Stephanie Alexander Kitchen Garden Foundation? Um, A lot of people have probably heard of it. We were talking before we started recording that I know some of the local schools around this area have done some work with the Stephanie Alexander Foundation in trying to get kids to eat, you know, more healthy food in schools and also to grow their own food. Can you tell us a bit more about it uh, beyond my very limited knowledge?
1: For sure, yeah. And I think when people hear the Stephanie Alexander Kitchen Garden Foundation, they automatically think of the kitchen garden programs which run. And that's just one arm of um, the funding that the Stephanie Alexander Kitchen Garden Foundation have. So it's the kitchen garden program in schools. And then the separate arm of funding is my role in the Healthy Kids Advisor role. So the philosophy of the Stephanie Alexander Kitchen Garden Foundation is around pleasurable food education. So the purpose is really to introduce pleasurable food education to children during their learning years in order to perform positive food habits for life. So it's about working with young kids, introducing things we call pleasurable food education around emphasizing flavors and you know taste and fresh and seasonal delicious foods rather than focusing on you know this is healthy you need to eat this that's not healthy don't eat that like that's not the philosophy of the organization it's just about enjoying fresh delicious food um So my role now as a healthy kids advisor is to support that across Northern Grampian Shire. It's run through um, a program called Vic Kids Eat Well. So that's another source of funding um, program from the state government through Cancer Council, Victoria and Nutrition Australia. It kind of gets all technical and confusing, but basically there's lots of funding in the state for people to work together to support young people in this space so some of the areas we work around with the Vic Kids Eat Well there's four settings and I'll try and remember them off the top of my head but it's working with schools with outside school hours care settings sports clubs and council owned and run community settings and sport and rec facilities so our aim is to then get some of those settings, engaged, signed up for the Kids Eat Well and then promoting that throughout those settings to sh- share the messages with the young people and their, you know, families, communities across the Shire and beyond.
0: Now, Lauren, as you know very well, I've got young kids. In fact, one of my kids shares a birthday with you just to pull the curtain back a touch. <laughs>
1: That's right.
0: Um, and I I know all too well just how hard it can be to get one of my kids in particular to eat healthy vegetables she just will not have a bar of it some nights how have you found the community's response to uh, any of the work that is going into the stephanie alexander foundation around trying to sort of like you mentioned not tell kids don't eat this because it's bad for you do eat this because it's healthy but around making it more fun to try different things and be a bit more adventurous with you with your food
1: Yeah, and look, there's a ton of resources that are out there now for myself internally and externally that can be activities for kids, for parents, for families, for teachers in all kinds of settings. Yeah, as I said, it's coming back to that pleasurable food education philosophy, which is sort of the real cornerstone of Stephanie Alexander herself. And that's her legacy that she's provided into the foundation. I'm obviously in early stages of my role as well. But so far, it's working with the leaders in the community and the people that are be working with the ones on the ground. So, um, linking in with change makers, so talking to principals, council, other health promotion workers across Northern Grampian Shire as well. So we can really have a collaborative approach to these settings. Schools don't want, you know, ten people blindly contacting them saying you need to do this, this and that and achieve here's all this new stuff or these new programs, it's really overwhelming. But the message I'm trying to provide to them as well is that Kids Eat Well is actually been designed to address those barriers and it is quite easy to achieve. There's plenty of incentives along the way when you're providing those, you know, delicious food options to kids. So it might be looking at your menu of school canteens or lunch orders and just providing a variety of different delicious food for them to try. Um, having fundraising days that could be around. Um, one school I've been talking to is really keen to do like a healthy pizza and PJ day where they raise funds locally and that way you can get some really great education around the types of foods you can put onto a pizza as well and just make it really fun and engaging, you know, look at all the colours and the textures, trying different foods and in different areas that you might not have before. And then having that great skill of learning to grow, cook, eat, (laughs) all those things that I was able to go to a school recently, um, Elwood Primary School, who are one of the first schools to start the actual Kitchen Garden Foundation program, which, as I said, is separate, but just The knowledge of those kids is phenomenal. They know all their everything way more than I would. They have a massive garden where they just have all these green leaves and they could pick up a leaf and tell you what, you know, vegetable or herb is associated with. And even some of them I never even heard of before. So, And then they have the knowledge around the cooking it as well. So I think it just provides really good skills and good positive messaging from an early age hopefully, into the long run because, you know, there's a lot of people, older people now as well, that don't have the basic fundamental skills of, you know, growing and cooking some great local produce and that's what we want to inspire for young people as well.
0: So, it's getting in that, that early age, isn't it? And that, that's part of a lifelong education. And Lauren, I know this is something you've been quite passionate about for For a a long time, even back in your days in uh, Grampian's Pyrenees Primary Care Partnership, how did you come about to work at the Stephen Alexander Kitchen Garden Foundation? Because remember when you told me you got the gig, I thought, man, this is right up your alley.
1: Yeah, I guess it was just um, good timing. Everything sort of just fell into place in my work. So the role I'm doing now still is health promotion, and that was the role I was doing previously. And I think it was just a really nice transition. I know they struggled to get someone in the role locally for Northern Grampian. So I was supporting the Kitchen Garden Foundation to promote the role. And then after a while of looking at it, I sort of thought, hang on a minute. I think I'd really be up for a new challenge and to actually have a role that is you know, getting my hands dirty and getting into the local community, like doing the doing rather than doing the coordination and facilitation there's still that part but now I get to work like directly with schools directly with young people directly on the ground to implement change and I think that's sort of what I've all, what I'm all about so definitely a values based decision that I was driven by
0: and of course As I mentioned, it is something you've been passionate about for a while. You're also passionate about local community. As I mentioned way back on, I think it was episode four, when we first had you on, you were a member of the Northern Grampians Shire Council. There is a lot of places, especially now in stall, and there's going to be more, where kids can go and get quick, uh, yet not very healthy food. And that's all really sprung up really quickly over the last few years. How important do you think it is to educate kids about the options that are available and about that, you know, you can have something that tastes just as good that, you know, isn't full of sugar and salt?
1: Yeah, that's a really um, interesting topic of discussion, I think. i probably have several views on it. I think it's just all about balance. It's about having options. Yes, as you said, there's fast food options, but. There needs to be the like the balance of other options as well for yeah delicious nutritious fresh pleasurable food. So even if it's around yeah learning to cook and like grow things for yourself as well, we all know you know the lettuce lettuce shortage and other areas where there's been um, the price of fruit and vegetables has gone through the roof for a number of reasons lately, and so being able to understand what to grow seasonally and how to do it and that it's super easy where you can just go out to your garden and grab you know grab a lettuce out rather than paying ten dollars for one or something like that and then it's there fresh ready to go don't even have to leave the house and you can cook for the kids or the kids can cook with you and they love tasting it they love cooking it and they love being able to, you know, more importantly, eat it because it's something that's been their responsibility. they're, They're putting their heart and soul into growing this food and they want to see it succeed and then it's that passion that they have to watch it from start to finish and then to devour it and really enjoy it is something I'd really promote as well.
0: It's that sense of achievement, isn't it?
1: For sure. Yeah, a sense of the responsibility and the ability to know, yeah, you have achieved something really great. The kids love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, and it's a great thing also for kids to know where their food comes from. It doesn't just appear magically on the supermarket shelves. It's great for kids to be able to grow their own stuff. And see, we have to do get it from seed to seedling, and then wait till it, you know, gets to that point where we can perhaps pick the peas off the uh, off the vines and start eating them. But it's and there's work involved because I don't think that a lot of kids these days realise just the work involved in growing fresh fruit and vegetables.
1: Absolutely, and there's lots of great skills that can come from it as well. You know, the pleasurable food education really encourages critical thinking and teamwork and just an understanding of, as you said, from start to finish and the process and where this fresh produce and your food that's on the shelves, where it does come from. And it's great to see that. that kid, That's a really valuable skill for kids to learn, for everyone to learn, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And I'm going to get you to put on your healthy kids advisor cap here. I know you've taken off your, your beanie. For someone like like myself, and probably for thousands of other parents out there who have kids who are very fussy and won't try different things, what's some good ways to try and get some of the kids who might not, you know, necessarily want to try something that's a bit different or a bit out of their comfort zone or a bit not dinosaur nugget shaped to try uh, some different foods?
1: Oh, and I think that's that's interesting when you touch on the dinosaur nugget shaped. It just makes me think of things that can be provided locally. And having that option in my past role, I've just flicked back. We've worked with some local cafes and restaurants and the, their menus, and they are just chips and nuggets and that sort of thing, basically. And some of the we raised the question of, well, you know, veggies or salad? Did you think of that being an option? And we get um, the response of, well, kids don't want that, and that's not the kids even being allowed to make that choice. It's that decision has been made for them by their parents or by restaurant owner of well that's what it is but it's the more they get exposed to these types of foods that if they're not exposed to them in the first place then across a the variety of settings you know going to a sports club canteen as well your school canteen and the only option is like pies and coke there's a lot around the nutritional value of things that I won't get into but just Oh, look, it helps parents as well, I think, um, and, you know, teachers just to keep kids feeling energised for the day and sustained and, yeah, it's, it would just be really great to see. So I think it's, yeah, asking the children what they want. But as I said, I don't have kids, but I can empathise the role of a parent and how tricky that can be. But early exposure and education I think is important and building on those values and those messages across a variety of settings where, you know, kids learn, play, live, and really just promoting that throughout their time as children (laughs) and into the future.
0: It's interesting you mentioned about the offering the kids' choices. A few years ago, we went to a restaurant in Adelaide and they had a kids' grazing plate. It had carrot sticks and it had sultanas and cherry tomatoes, uh, hummus and dry biscuits. And kids absolutely smashed it down. They really, really enjoyed it. And we came away saying, why aren't more places offering this option? Because I think parents probably would go for it and would try and steer their kids towards it. Do you think that there's just – people just aren't necessarily being as demanding as they should be about this sort of stuff?
1: I think there's that – I wouldn't say narrow-mindedness. I would say more thinking, well – yeah, saying, well, kids don't want that, they're not going to enjoy that is really limiting. And, yeah, they need to be exposed and provided with those options as well. Um, we've just, I've actually just signed up the Stall Sports and Aquatic Centre to the Vic Kids Eat While well Program. They've already made some fabulous changes over the years, but they're really looking at, well, what long-life shelf products can we provide to the kids that come through the door for swimming lessons and things as well. So it's not just, you know, a packet of chips or a Gatorade, but they're actually, you know, an ice cream or something, but they can have like a fruit salad. They can have, as you said, hummus with carrots and, you know, popcorn is yum. (laughs) Um, And just being able to try different foods like that as well. We've also had the discussion of let's ask them what they want. Let's put some options forward on what to perhaps sell at the centre and then let the kids decide what they think they would enjoy and what they would purchase if they were there. So that's a really exciting piece of work coming up that it actually requires co-design and young people's input and I think we forget that. I think we sometimes think we know best rather than actually asking them, like, what do you want and here's this rather than saying, yeah, well... um, this is this is all you're getting. As I said before, it's around just option and the importance of that.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, and if the kids feel a bit more involved in it, they'll take more ownership of it and they're more likely to, to go ahead with it. And look, as well, for anyone listening, we're not sitting here saying never give your kids chips or, you know, never give your kids ice cream or you can't go to, to Macca's or KFC. We're not saying that. We're saying that that no. should be the, the, no. We're definitely not saying that. Otherwise, I'd be a complete hypocrite. <laughs> we're saying that this is an this should be an option that you do as a special treat, or that you do every now and then. It's and it, it's not something that should be just a, an automatic fallback, is it?
1: Yeah, and I mean it can be fun to you know work together as a family or as a you know in a school setting or somewhere to grow your own food together let's try planting some seeds some tomato seeds or whatever it is let's put them on the windowsill let's watch them sprout see what happens then you know following that journey through to then oh my gosh look at them now they're green they're red we can pick them we can eat them um so it's all about just the fun experience of things and providing you know activities of joy and pleasure that we can provide yeah you know, here's a variety of colours of the rainbow of all types of fruit and vegetables, just give things a go. You don't, you're not going to like everything, that's okay, but it helps to at least be exposed to the foods and just have a try of something too.
0: So, Lauren, what would be your ideal outcome from, from all this? I mean, change doesn't happen overnight and as a society, we're very much into we need things now. We need things quickly, and we need things that we can just go and grit and just scuff it down straight away. Do you think we we'll, we'll see with the work of of people such as yourself, we might see that bit of a change in the next generation?
1: I think we're slowly starting to see it already. Um, young people are saying more of what they want as well, and there's a real movement in that direction. As I said, there's a lot of um, statewide organisations like Vic Health, Stephanie Alexander, Nutrition Australia the state government that are really looking at putting these options forward and getting young people to have a voice on how they want to see their future and seeing them as you know healthy energetic people running around having a great time eating fun delicious uh, food that's you know seasonal and fresh it's just great that if that could be something that's more ingrained into our society and the Vic Kids Eat Well just helps step schools and as I said other uh, settings in that direction of providing these options and in a really non-judgmental way it's just about having a look at what's going on how can we improve it what can we do to help and that's really where my role comes in is just listening to the community and hearing what they want and then supporting them to achieve that so I think out of today as well if anyone is listening that they can contact me if they want any more information on healthy kids advisors Vic Kids Eat Well any resources any information I'd be happy to have a conversation especially with um you know I'm in the process at the moment of reaching out to these change makers so as I said store sports and aquatic center is already on board, but getting sports clubs is one that'll be tricky to tackle, but I'm more than willing to have those conversations. Principals at schools, wellbeing coordinators, anyone that's willing to have a conversation of how we can support you to implement some really great things within your young young people and children's environment would be great.
0: Excellent, and that's a, yeah, you got some really good messages there. And I think it's something that we as, as adults, as parents, can can take away and um, have a think about as well. Lauren, before we let you off the hook this time, I usually ask people people this, way, is there any one anyone message, one final message that you'd like to get across to anyone listening?
1: Oh, I think I sort of provided a few, but let's bring it down into one. Um,
0: let's nutshell it. Just,
1: <laughs> that's it. I think just that I'm here. I'm a healthy kids advisor in this role. As I said, if you want more information, reach out and I'm more than happy to be in touch to have a conversation quite approachable there's no judgment there's no anything it's just about supporting our young people in the northern Grampian Shire and that's really crucial and I'd be happy to work with anyone that's willing to do that
0: and when we say nutshell of course we mean you know something like a walnut like a healthy nut (laughs) (laughs) in that nutshell. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. It's been great uh, not only having you on, but also catching up. So it's it's been a little while.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much. Good to chat.
0: Thank you once again, Lauren, for coming on the Community Is A Minute podcast, talking all about healthy eating and the work that you're doing with the Stephanie Alexander Foundation. Really uh, really good stuff and really great for young people in our communities as well. This podcast, of course, is The Community is a middle name podcast and it's brought to you by Grampians Community Health. Grampians Community Health offers a wide range of services right across Western Victoria, servicing the following local government areas. Northern Grampians Shire, Arash Rural City, Rural City, West Wimmera Shire, Hindmarsh Shire, Yariambiak Shire, Bulloke Shire, Southern Grampianshire, Shire, Pyrenees Shire, and Central Goldfields Shire Council area. Services available, some of the services available anyway, include alcohol and other drug support, carer support, family violence uh, support, gambling help aged care and NDIS support, including NDIS support coordination and plan management, mental health services, counselling across a wide range of sectors, including generalist counselling, much, much more. For more information to find out exactly what services are available, head to our website, which is gch.org.au, or you can give us a call Monday to Friday business hours on 5358 7400. You can also stop in and... Say good day to us in person at one of our offices in Ararat, Stall, or Horsham. Any questions, of course, and our fantastic customer engagement staff will be able to point you in the right direction. This podcast is uh, available on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, anywhere good podcasts are found, really. Whatever your favorite podcast listening app is, you'll be able to find it there. And if you do follow us on Apple Podcasts, if you do subscribe, be really cool if you leave a uh, a review. It does help people find us and does help spread our message. And if you're subscribing on any of the podcast services, that's fantastic as well because that means you get every show straight to your listening device, your favorite listening device, whenever uh, and you can whenever you're ready. So it'll get downloaded straight away and you can listen at your leisure, which is fantastic. Which is why podcasts are such a great medium, in my opinion. Anyway. Grampians Community Health is on social media as well. If you want to follow us on there, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash Grampians Community Health, or jump onto Facebook and just search Grampians Community Health, join our little uh, community there and um, see what's going on in our parts of the world, or you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and our handle on both of those is at Grampians. Andrew Parsons was the talented musician who did the intro and outro music, and he did that especially for this podcast. It's an original composition just for this. And we use it with his permission and we give him our thanks. And this podcast was recorded and produced on the traditional lands of the Jabwarong people. And we pay our respects to all elders, past, present, and emerging. That's another episode of the Community Middle Name podcast, done and dusted. My name's Gareth Oliver. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll be back again shortly with another episode of the Communities of Name podcast. Until then, thank you for listening in, and uh, I'll talk soon. Of course, uh, don't forget, any information you want about Grandpins Community Health, gch.org.au, because Grandpins Community Health, as well as bringing you this podcast, are here for you, your family, and our communities. So long.